0: Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast number seven this is the have you never played a PC game Solitaire, not even solitaire or minesweeper they are games if you've never played a game on your PC and maybe you don't have a PC or maybe you have a PC and you're like well I don't want to sit in front of my PC and play games totally get it But if you have been, you know, playing a lot of Solitaire and Minesweeper, and if you're not familiar with Solitaire and Minesweeper were like the Windows games when you bought Windows or it came on your computer, you got Solitaire and Minesweeper right out of the bat. Solitaire, by your understanding, is Minesweeper is kind of like you have to find the mind. So think through it. But if you've never played a game, There are a lot of games out there that you may really enjoy, and I say that from every perspective because I do think there is something for everyone in the gaming environment. And what I wanted to do is talk a little bit about the PC game areas. Now, these are all across the board a little bit in areas. Um, You may see some in tablets and phones. You may see some in consoles. You know, we really haven't seen a VR game where it's a massively multiplayer online game, but that doesn't mean we're not going to see one. Um, but really, you know, a lot of games are out there to have an action or have an achievement or something. Uh, there is a lot of research that's been put into gaming that if you play a game, then you feel good because you get a level of dopamine. And, uh, if you haven't followed the whole dopamine thing, anytime you get an achievement, anytime you get a win, like when you buy something on Black Friday and you get a good price, woo, you feel good. Or, you know, when you get a good grade or maybe... You pass a test or you get a project done. Woo, you get a feel-good feeling. Great runs at the end of a run or a workout. You feel good. So computer games are built that way to kind of help you have that feeling. Obviously, you don't have a computer game that makes you feel bad. I don't think most people would play a computer game to that does um, that. But we do have a lot of categories for some of these games in case you're looking for something specific. And I wanted to kind of go through the categories because there are things for people that maybe you're going, hmm, I didn't know I could do that. So let's start out with the one category that I know a lot about. I actually know a lot about all the categories, but this is one that I'm very involved in. It's called MMO. And you may hear MMORPG. And RPG, role-playing game, kind of like Dungeons & Dragons, but you play and you get a turn each time. Now, Massively Multiplayer Online. And what I mean by Massively Multiplayer is we're talking about Thousands, if not millions of people playing a game at the same time, in the same kind of span of a world, a place. Now, assume that world is a fictional world. It could be a real world. I've seen other games where it is, or it's a post-apocalyptic world of, you know, Boston, Massachusetts or somewhere. I need to see one in Seattle so I can see, like, the Space Needle, what they do if it would be fun. Um, Not that that would be fun, but, I mean, it's, it's all fiction, so I don't have to believe it but a MMO is a game where you play and sometimes you work with other players. Sometimes you work against other players. And what they call that is PVP player versus player. So that maybe you're playing against somebody else or you're playing with somebody else. And in that PVP, that's when you're playing against PvE, players versus everything is when you're playing with other people against everything inside the world. Now, the biggest one out there is the World of Warcraft. You may see it. You may have heard it. You may have heard people make fun of it. It has been around for over 15 years. Obviously, that means it's successful. It has millions of people that still play, including yours truly. I play a paladin as well as a warlock and a mage. and I They have so much neat characters and it's got great lore, very much like a Tolkien world or a fantasy world in that phase, but they do have... Ones where you can do space travel. They have games in Star Trek. They have games, a game called Eve, which is crazy, economic, break out your Excel spreadsheets for MMOs. So that's one you can take a look at. It's probably not the first game you want to jump in if you've never played, but if you want to just jump in, feet first, all the way is the deep water, an MMO could be there. Now, there are a lot of tools that can help you on that, and there's a lot of websites that can help you explain the next game are simulations. Now we've we've talked about Farmville, we've heard Farmville. Um, there are farm simulations, roller rollercoaster simulations, railroad simulations, car simulations, including racetrack simulations. And then there are also city simulations. And these could be called like SimCity, one of the most popular simulation games out there. And it's where you would build a city and you can watch the economics and deal with all the problems that are going on in the city. Very educational when your kids say, why do we pay the water bill? Um, Or someone doesn't understand why didn't the trash get picked up and what's the big deal about it or why the economics are built into it. Additionally, you can also play in those simulations. You can go back and play in, say, a war game. So you could play a simulation of, say, Battle of the Bulge or the Midway. Um, You can go into those simulations as well. And you can change them up to make them different for you. <clears throat> then we have adventure games, and these are very much built into a fantasy or an adventure world. So, you know, not dystopian, it's like you're going after something. Um, I wanna I'm gonna say there's a ton of games out there. One of the first ones I played that I felt was an adventure game, very much so, was called Prince of Persia. And you had to, you know, work your way through a maze and capture stuff, and you'd want you know you're going to save the girl and stuff like that. Additionally, in an adventure game, I have seen some amazingly beautiful. Beautiful game. So if you're in the scenery, adventure games are very cool. Um, I would actually put, it's a little bit simulation, a little bit adventure. There's a brand new game coming out of Poland called the Bee Simulator. I saw this at PAX two years ago. I met the developers. Actually, I actually had them in my house for dinner. And it was fantastic because they were were so cool. And it's such a neat game because you are playing a bee. You're not really going out and shooting and bang, bang. You're learning about bees. So if you have kids and... You know, B Simulator might be a great game there. You also have what they call real-time strategy. Now these are kind of games where you're playing like maybe an army versus army game. And it's, you know, built into the strategy that everybody is moving at the same time. The computer, other players, all these can connect together. There's some really good games out there like, and I, I would put Age of Empires a little bit into that. I feel like there's a little role playing that goes into that too, but Age of Empires by Microsoft, fantastic game. I happen to know someone who worked on that. Um, really awesome. Now, if you're not into the fighting, if you're not into the questing, if you're not into saving the world or getting the giant dragon and stealing his treasure, there are puzzle games. And puzzle games are great. In fact, one of the first puzzle games ever played was Tetris. And if you haven't heard of Tetris, you probably have seen it or talked about it or heard about it somewhere else. But these are games where you have to solve a puzzle. Now, it could be a crossword puzzle. It could be Tetris. It could be a word search. All of those things. And I think this is a really big deal because as we're trying to get to an environmental state and we're talking about, you know, less paper and papers are not doing as well, moving that stuff onto an iPad and I have a larger iPad and I think it's great to do a crossword puzzle on it. It can be a bit challenging because as I, my eyesight gets a little older, um, but you can, you know, scroll in, scroll out. You can make it, you know, magnify and everything like that. As well as their other great, you know, puzzle games, Bejeweled is a huge one that's out there as well. All right, action games. Action games are games where you are going to probably be fighting somebody, and you're going to be doing a lot of stuff. And it has got a lot of stuff. And you notice my tone went up, and we're like, action. It is an action game. It is fighting. A lot of those are built into them um, where you can actually go and, you know, go that. Now, I actually broke this section out but war type games and this is your call of duties um this is you know your tanks and this is your you know navy warfare games and things like that i wanted to break those out a little bit because they do kind of go in to that uh, uh, multiple spaces in there they could they could be definitely action games they could be shooters and You know, first-person shooter, if you hear FPS, that's a first-person shooter. We'll talk about that in a second. But all those games in in the wartime games, and there's simulations where you can play, let's say, you're the Russians fighting the Germans back in World War II and protecting Stalingrad. There's been movies on it. You know, maybe you wanted to simulate that and see what it's like. Um, You could be a historian, and you could set up battles. Uh, Great stuff. Um, Additionally, combat games. This is where you're fighting one guy versus another guy, and they're all out there. Probably the one everybody remembers is Mortal Kombat. They made movies about it. Um, There are tech, and there are other games. Boxing games are out there as well. But these are games where you're going to be like, you know, one-on-one. You're up close and personal. It's you versus that person um, going for that. All right. Talked about FPS, first-person shooters. These are where all you see is kind of the barrel of the gun, or you can see a space in front of you. You may be able to scroll out or have a view where you can see not outside of yourself, um, but you know you can. This is where you're going and you're shooting things, and it could be again a war game, it could be a fantasy game, it could be an action game. Kind of crawls across everything, but first-person shooters are wildly favorite. I mean, oh, there's a, the zombie ones um, that are out there and they do make first person shooters for like war games. So you could be the first person shooter inside of, uh, you know, a B-52, or you could be in an F-15 as first person. Um, it doesn't just have to be one gun. It's, it's, it is where you're just kind of looking and shooting. So it'd be like, if you were shooting a gun yourself or you're flying an airplane yourself. All right. One of my favorites, again, going back to this are sports games. Football, baseball, basketball, soccer. And I meant football and soccer as well as American football when I said that. Um, but also stuff like NASCAR, UFC, fishing. I got to be honest with you. I loved the fishing games. I played them a lot. When we had our Wii and we still have it, I should probably break out the fishing game and pull that out and play it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, one of the smaller categories, and we got two more categories after this one, the smaller categories is music games. You may have heard of Guitar Hero or Rock Band, but there are also singing games that are out there. And, you know, there's also dancing games like Just Dance. And I think those all go along with music. So if you're looking maybe for a game, um, I will tell you, Guitar Hero is awesome because I got to play a lot of songs I grew up with, and it had easy mode, so I could play it. Uh, it was not the easiest thing when I tried to get my, you know, parents or older friends to play it. Um, but it is something that I think is very interesting because you can get into music and listen to music while playing the game. Same thing with the dance. It actually had a, most of them had a camera that would follow you, and you could dance around the camera, and they could still do that. In fact, Sony has some great games on that. Um, but they're also PC games where you can hook a camera up, poof, go like that. So hooray. Now, last couple, role-playing games. So these are your Dungeons & Dragons type games. These are your dice games, your Warhammers, all those games where everyone gets a turn, and after everyone has a turn, it is the next turn, and everyone gets a turn. And maybe you can't do something. And this is very much like a board game where you roll dice and you go to your, your next turn, each person. The final one, and probably the most important one, because this is the space that got me into PC gaming, are educational games. And I'm going to pick out the most probably well-known educational game ever made, Oregon Trail. If you don't know about Oregon Trail, if you haven't heard about Oregon Trail, you got to take a look at it. This is a huge shout out to my brother, Will, who loves Oregon Trail so much that I buy him t-shirts and handheld games, and if it says Oregon Trail on it, I get him so much that he moved to Oregon, and I don't think he just moved to Oregon for that, but I'm pretty sure he might have. I don't want to call him out too hard on that. But Oregon Trail is this game where you start in Missouri, Independence, Missouri, and you travel out and you have your uh your your wagons and i was gonna say conestoga and i think i'm right there wagons that take you out west fantastic fantastic game you can actually play it on a pc the emulator just like i did and my brother and a lot probably thousands of kids um back in the 70s and 80s play it right there in an the emulator because you get to, you know, you have to buy your supplies and you can hunt while you're going out and people get sick and you have to cross water and you may be attacked on oh, the way out. It's a very amazing simulator game. So much that I did a game review already on it. Cause I was just like, gosh, I want to go read about Oregon trail and just see it that the Minnesota, and I want to say education system. And I, it's the MEC, MECC has made a ton of money. On a game somebody made and they made it originally on like the pc the cards and if you don't know what a card is on a pc we're gonna we may not take too much of a lesson but educational games are huge these could be flash card games for your kids when they're trying to learn early on these could be games where maybe you want to learn something maybe you want to learn something about chemistry and in fact i'm going to call out another game called hacknet it is a game about learning how to hack and now I'm not telling you it's going to teach you how to hack into computers and break into stuff, but it teaches you the concepts. So if you're wanting to go into computer security or you want to know more about computer security, Hacknet is a great game. It's made by a bunch of guys out of Australia. I met them like four years ago. I have loved the game. It's very, very, I've worked in security before. It is a very clear game that you can play to learn a lot about that. And there's a lot you can learn in games. If you've Maybe if you've read there are games built on Uh, The Tolkien universe that you can go out and you can play an RPG on uh, on your PC and you can relive, you know, chasing down Gollum and trying to get the ring. Or you may be able to move beyond that and see what happened before or after. Um, There are simulation games for Star Trek, Star Wars, you name it, Marvel, all the big franchises out there as well. All right. So now we learned a little bit about games. Let's talk about where can I get my games? Now, the number one place I know to get games is called Steam. Just like the water dissipating, but Steam. Um, They are owned by Valve. Valve is a game company who decided to create a game store. And Steam is out there. Now, Steam has, I think they say nearly 30,000 games. What's really kind of cool about that is you can buy games, and they have discounts and sales. But they also have free-to-play games, games you can get free, and you can also get previews of games while you're out there now what makes steam kind of cool and each one of the places you can buy games is actually pretty cool so don't think that these are these are competing against each other i think you go to all of these sites if you're looking for a game Um, but they have the steam community where you can go to a marketplace where you can buy items for inside the game so you can get an item that maybe you need in the game you can go buy it from say a market where someone else has it and they're selling it and they transfer it and I have no idea how that works, but Steam does, so hooray. And, they're, you know, the thing about Steam is they've, they've been around for a while. They, you know, really kind of lead that area. They also have the workshop where maybe you would want to create a game or maybe you want to create content for a game. So maybe you have a storyline and maybe you're not writing code, but you're writing the story of where the game could go. So, you know, I want to make sure when we're always talking about opportunities that it's not all about programming computers and moving controllers and stuff. Sometimes it may need the content of the learning or you may maybe you've done localization in the past or you're an editor and you want to edit text that's in the game. Potential opportunities for folks if you've ever thought of career changes. Um, Gaming is becoming huge out there. So you have the workshop. You also have the chat client. So let's say you want to play a game and you have a couple friends and you guys start playing the game together. And you want to see if your friend's online to see if they want to play the game. So getting on your phone and texting or calling, you just get a chat client and say, hey. And then finally, let's say you're really, really awesome at Oregon Trail and you want to broadcast the best Oregon Trail game. Or maybe you want to broadcast your best World of Warcraft fight, something to that effect. Some, any one of those, you know, you want to broadcast something. You can also broadcast those out there. Now, Steam also has one very cool other kind of part of their business, which is Steam hardware. You can buy controllers and they have tons of controllers. So think about we've talked about this before, inclusion, making sure that people have the ability to play games. Steam's opened up the ability to have different controllers. Now I have bigger hands. Taller guy, big hands, right? Uh, I need a regular size controller works fine for me, but my wife, she has a smaller hand. So maybe I get a smaller controller so she can play games with me. And these controllers can work on your PC or your laptop. They're fun to travel with. Um, they will convert sometimes over from a PC over to a console or over to a tablet. So that's also lots of fun. And then the final part, let's say you are someone who's developing games, or let's say you've written a game a long time ago that was a kind of a word puzzle game and you wanted to share it with all your friends back in the, In the late 70s, early 80s, and you didn't have a place to put your five and a quarters out for sale. But now that you've been able to convert that five and a quarter over to other stuff, you want to sell your game. Uh, That would be me because I actually wrote a game back when I was about 10 or 11. And it was just a little if and then, like, if you do this, then this happens. But I can actually go out and sell my game. So that's Steam. Now, Epic Store is another one. Again, another game development company in store. But what's interesting for Epic, and I'm just going to read this because I took this off of their site, is Epic Store is a curated digital storefront for PC and Mac designed with both players and creators in mind. It's focused on providing great games for gamers and a fair deal for game developers. So the people who are developing the games are making some money because they want, you want them to make money so they create more games. It's like when people were stealing music. And artists didn't feel like creating more music because they're like, well, why? I'm not getting anything for this. I'm working really hard and putting my, my soul into this. And I'll tell you, game developers put their soul into it. They are some of the most interesting people. They are fun. They're neat. I've met a ton of them through some really good friends. And I will tell you, they put their heart and soul and everything into that game to make it awesome. And they want you to like it. All right, sorry. fell off for the fair deal for the game developers. When you buy a game on Epic Game, 88% of the price goes directly to the developers versus, and this is on their site, only 70% other source. This helps developers create bigger and better games. Why not? If I make a lot of money, I'm gonna be like, oh, we need a version two or we need an expansion pack to this. All right. The other part is they support a creator program, which I talked about before, but that support a creator program helps them create links and tags And they develop a lot of stuff for creators. Now you may have heard of Epic games before, but you all may also may have heard of Fortnite. Fortnite is probably something if you have kids or grandchildren or male coworkers, and I'm not saying female coworkers can't play it, but I see a lot of dudes sitting down playing this game. I've seen a few ladies and it's kind of funny because most of the ladies, when they just crush somebody, it's really funny because they're like, you know, I broke egos today, Um, which is awesome. Because, you know, I I will tell you, I love that my wife plays games. My daughters play games. I have so many friends that that play games. But, you know, Fortnite seems to be like a boy game in a weird way. It's especially, I should say, it's a teenage boy in my opinion. Again, my opinion, Fortnite is a a great game and it sells a lot. um, But, you know, it's one of those things. That's where Epic Games started. All right. So let's move on, and we haven't mentioned any of the big guys yet. You know, we always hear all the big names. Well, Microsoft is your next one. But Microsoft, I brought them up because they they do publish games. They do deliver games. But Microsoft has something called the Xbox Game Pass. Now, Xbox Game Pass for PC, not the console. And it includes, and this is from their site, unlimited access to over 100 high-quality PC games, they add games. They have the titles exactly from like from the Xbox Game Studios come out. They have them the day they premiere. They're the same day, and then you get member discounts and deals. Now, I don't know what those member discounts and deals are. I copied that directly from uh, their site, but that is you know something from the you know Microsoft does have an unlimited game. So if you don't know what game you want to play. Microsoft might be the way to go. They do actually have a really cool game uh, that you can do called Zoo Tycoon, but you can also go play the Halo games. You can play the Age of Empires, the simulation RPG games. There's a lot of games out there, so they don't just have one type of game. So if you're looking for something, you're not totally sure you want something, yeah, you can search everybody. But, you know, with the Xbox Games Pass, you can play one thing. Now there's a few other places you can get games and these places are actually some pretty cool things. And I saved the last two, you know, other than our good friends. Um, and I'm going to talk about retailers in a second, but I wanted to give you the, the sites that you can go to because these are sites that are meant completely for gaming. They don't sell toasters. They don't sell anything else. All right. The first one is the global game jam. Now I have a huge amount of respect for the global game jam because their director or executive director, Kate Edwards is a friend of mine and I will tell you the Global Game Jam is is crazy because it is built on innovation, experimentation and collaboration. And what's cool about it is everybody gets together in one location. Then they start doing game development and they develop games as a community. I've been involved in what they call a hackathon and I've heard, you know, other ones where they call them, you know, the tornado thons where they try to get everybody together and they brainstorm and they bring things together. But they do this for video games in a whole group. So let's say a whole bunch of people want to create a simulation game and they have an idea, help us build the game. And they come out with a game. So everybody usually shows up on Friday at the Global Game Jam. They'll watch a keynote, they'll get some advice from, you know, leading developers And you know they have a secret theme that they announce. After they fire that out, they then send it worldwide. So this isn't just a group of people in one building or one office or one conference center. This is people all over the world. So I want you to think about these stats. I'm going to throw this out to you. So everybody who's been involved worldwide, they come back again on that Sunday and they show it off. So last January, 860 locations. In 113 countries, created 9,010 games in one weekend. Were all the games the perfect game that you wanted to play? No. But 9,000 new games showed up last January because of the Global Game Jam. Huge, huge stuff. It's happening in 2020 at the end of January, January 31st, February 2nd. Go take a look at it. And then I'll tell you what. It is ran, like I said, by a friend of mine, Kate Edwards. She is on the point the probably one of the best people to run this type of event because this event includes everybody and allows everything to happen and look 9,000 new games in a weekend oh my it blows my mind crazy the other cool thing is it's a collaboration not a competition that's how you got 9,000 games out if it was a competition you get two games or three games or four games 9,000 games so global game jam take a look at it awesome stuff all right the last kind of really cool place to take a look at is called Humble Bundle. H U M B L E B U N D L E. And what this is is it's a storefront for games, but now it also does productivity software, software, sorry, books, online books or you know PDFs, comic books, audio books, cookbooks, productivity software, development software, still has games and all that stuff. It was started out in 2010. And somebody said, hey, we're going to go create this kind of like cool concept and Wolffire Games created. it. And they said, we're going to create a bundle out there. And if you buy this bundle and when I tell you how that works, you're going to be like, wow, this is so cool. But you buy this bundle and part of your money will go to a charity. Now, first, got you with the charity thing, right? But here's how this works. You pay what you want. So they put a bundle out there with flexible pricing. So let's say it's a cookbook one. But you know, you really don't want to spend forty-five dollars on all one hundred cookbooks. Plus, how are you going to read one hundred cookbooks? Who knows? Maybe you can. Maybe you're into cookbooks, or you're a cookbook editor. But maybe you want only five, and maybe that bundle's five. You pay five, you get the five. It goes directly. That money is is divided, and it goes to the creators, the charity. The Humble Partners and Humble Bundle. So they do have some operating costs from Humble Bundle. But a majority of it goes to charity. And I'm going to tell you numbers on this in a little bit. It's going to blow your mind. But they contribute all these charities. Games Aid, Make-A-Wish, World Reader, American Red Cross, World Wildlife Fund, Save the Children, War Childs, Zedisha, And this month, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation is a charity of the month. Now, 2010. All right. I want you to think in your head a number. We've had nine years, almost 10 years, since they created this. How much money do you think they made? Well, they've made $155 million for charity. That's people buying games, buying books, comic books, cookbooks, audiobooks for charity. Out of 12 million customers. Now, if I divide 12 into 155, that means every one of those people spend over twelve dollars for a game. Now, want to go buy a new brand new console game? I did see Pokemon Sword and Shield came out. Two games, one hundred twenty dollars. Want a game? I'm not saying that's a bad. You're, ba- you're paying for content. You're paying for brand new over there. But you can also get newer games, or maybe a game you want to play. I actually saw something. I have a weird affinity of South Park, and so I saw that the South Park game was six dollars on Humble Bundle. Now I can pay more. But they only asked me for $6. Really, really awesome stuff. Huge deal. You, you, and the great thing is you can gift it. So let's, I know I saw a bunch of Dungeons & Dragon comics out there and I have a friend who loves Dungeons & Dragon comics. I bought it and gifted them the Humble Bundle for their birthday. Do the same thing on cookbooks, audiobooks. Really, really love Humble Bundle. I'm a big fan. I get to their emails and I watch every month to kind of see things I like. Now, the cool thing about this too is if you buy it from Humble Bundle, and I'm going to mess that name up 24 more times, you don't have to play it right on Humble Bundle. You can actually get it from Steam. You can download it from Steam or you play. Uh, there's a site called GOG and other platforms, and a majority of their books are all offered DRM-free, digital rights management. So they don't have, like, you have to have a special code just to read your book. You can download it, put it on something, and read it. Those are the big places you can go find games. Now, additionally, there are places like your retailers, your Best Buy, your Walmart, your Target. You can buy them at my grocery store. You can get games a lot of places. Great. Those are good. I wanted to give you the big sites. And I also want to talk a little bit about eBay. Because eBay, you can buy games that may be older. So maybe you can play, you know, a game I don't know, from early 2000. Let's say, you know, it's what, SimCity 2K. Was it 2K, I think, or something to that effect? But maybe you want to play SimCity, you know, Societies. And it was released, I think, in 2007. That's from my SimCity notes, Um, which you'll get to hear again anyways. But say you want to go find that game, and you can't find it at a retailer. Maybe Steam doesn't have it anymore, or Epic. Um, And you see somebody selling a copy out there got the code and this is before we had a lot of the digital right management before we had all the napster stuff or we had people stealing and we're going to talk about that before we're done so i do want to give you some warnings on why not to do that um but you want to buy an older game you want to go pick it up it's a cd you can put it in you can play it great or you want a new game and you just can't find it and you're like well you know i just want to go get it additionally you can buy game accounts So I talked about World of Warcraft, where you spend a lot of time in this world, but there are games where maybe you spend a majority of time um, where you have to build up to get to something. And what's really kind of cool, and I'm not against this because I think it's okay to say I'm going to buy somebody's progress in a game, is you can go buy an account. Now, this may break the terms of conditions with that game company, so just be careful when you do that. Um, and make sure, you know, you're getting what you are supposed to get, those types of things. But, you know, again, it's like anything you buy on eBay, you kind of do that. Um, you can also buy game exclusives or add-ons, and these are going to be like a code you enter. Um, again, buyer beware, don't pay cash or use your credit card, or you can use your credit card because I think you can get protection with that. But, you know, make sure, you know, you can get those exclusives and additionally you can get books for games. The artwork, some books, some games have huge amounts of artwork. I know Halo does. I know World of Warcraft does. I keep bringing up World of Warcraft. It's been around for 15 years. I can't help it. Um, There are lots of games that have soundtracks that you can buy the soundtrack for. Super cool stuff. All right. So with that, I want to talk last piece and we're going to I'm going to do game reviews for PC on a whole different one because I started walking into some of these games. And I think I could spend about an hour on like five games. So I'm going to have to pare it down a little bit. Um, but I want to talk about downloading games from the internet that you haven't paid for. And I'm not waving the finger at you. I'm waving two fingers at you. Watch out when you do this. And there's sites called torrent sites. So there may be a site where it says, hey, here's a free game. Watch out. A majority of those have malware on them or You know, they have programs that are going to watch. They have a key logger that's going to watch what you're doing on your keyboard. They're going to basically have something that makes it so they can attack your computer. Number one, watch out for that. Number two, it's illegal. Now, I'm only going to give you the United States anti-piracy warning. There are anti-piracy warnings all over the world. But in the United States, the unauthorized reproduction or distribution of a copyrighted work is illegal criminal. You have a fine of $250,000 and up to five years. So be careful. Don't, don't, don't download for Torrents. Okay. With that, go take a look at some PC games. There are tons out there. I may actually find a new one and tell you about it within the next week because I've been thinking "Hmm, I need something to do over the holidays. With that, have a great time and I look forward to some PC games.